Welcome to Equipped, a podcast by Connection Church. Equipped is a conversation about multiplying gospel community and fueling spiritual growth. We have one clear goal, to equip leaders to multiply. We want to help people follow Jesus, make disciples, lead small groups, and plant churches. My name is Jordan Thigpen, and I'll be leading you through today's conversation. Let's get equipped. What's going on, everybody? Back with you today for another episode of Equipped. Today, I am joined by the composer (laughs) of our intro music, Chase Buchanan. Hey. What's going on, man? Nothing much, man. Glad to be here. What a good intro. (laughs) Oh, it's so good. I love it. I love it. I feel like like it's worth the price of admission for sure. Oh, gosh. So, uh, we're continuing in a series that... um, that we began last week thinking through um, a better game plan. Um, last week I shared that um, really a, a really important sort of moment, but also something that's meant a lot uh, in the life of our church is, is the book that Brandon wrote, and it's also a song that we wrote, and it's also a theme I feel like a lot in our church, the way we preach, the way we care for people is really pointing them towards a better story a better story for themselves, a better story that God has written in um, in eternity past, that he's preparing us for eternity future. Um, everything about a, a, a writing a better story for humanity is wrapped up in God's, um, God's heart for us as people. But in the meantime, a lot of my job with uh, equipping and a lot of the, the our, our emphasis as a church is helping people live both in light of God's better story and also um, helping them grow as followers of Jesus, which is you know a lot of the point of this podcast um, that I've been thinking through is a better game plan. Um, and what I find a lot of times is both w- whether it's the good news of that better story or if it's people who begin to follow Jesus um, that have different hangups or hiccups, they look at their life and and they look at the life that God calls them to as a follower of Jesus, and they say that something about that seems to come at too high of a price. Or they say things like, well, I could never do that. That's not my personality. Or uh, I could never do that. That's just not for me. Or whether it's Bible reading or prayer or sharing the gospel or making disciples, they have all these reasons for why they can't do things, but a lot of it comes back to it's a price that they're not willing to pay. But God's better story comes with a better game plan. And if we want that better story and we get a chance to participate in that better game plan, we have to look at that and say that comes at a reasonable cost to us. Um, And whatever he's calling us to is going to be better than what we would choose for ourselves. And last week we talked about how that applies with heart and soul or how does that apply with local church commitment. So Chase is here to talk with us today about what is God's better game plan through corporate worship, or how is corporate worship a part of God's better game plan? What would be some of your initial thoughts on that? Oh, man. Um, just, you know, initially, I think it is, um, I, like, I can't escape the thought that it's it's like a lot of other things in life. You, you get out of it what you put into it, mm. you know, and like the most powerful worship that I have experienced in my life has been costly worship. And it Mm. has been, um, I don't know, like those things seem to correlate for sure. Um, But yeah, I would say it is, it it is something that whatever your expectation is of it is more than likely what you're going to get out of it for Mm. sure. And not that it, and not that it's about receiving or getting something out of it, but um the, the worship gatherings and experiences that I have had that have moved me and shaped me and um, been really powerful to me have been the ones that have um, cost me in some shape or form, if that makes any sense. Give us an example, maybe. If what, what are some things that have cost you? Oh, man. I would say, I would say being honest 
And like, I know we, we, we caution a lot here from the stage, like, and it's, it's a prayer and it's a, it's a leading that we, we intentionally share from the stage is, is God, we don't want to just go through the motions today. Um, I think for me, like just, just costly in the sense of like coming before God boldly as you are and being honest with him and um, bringing things to him before him that you need him to change, that you need him to shape in your life. Um, Hmm. It could be something really big, you know, like maybe you're sick or, you know, you need healing in some way, whether that's physical or spiritual, um, Hmm. something like that. But I think it's, I don't know what it's like for other people, but for me, the enemy's really good at, at getting me to hold all of those things in to keep all those things from God. And I don't know, for me, it seems costly to me sometimes to just sort of bear myself, hmm. you know, before the Lord, you know. And for me, you know, like I'm on stage a lot and sometimes that's even more difficult. Like I don't enjoy um, sort of bearing it all on stage, <laughs> you know, like being honest, like I don't I don't enjoy that, you yeah. know, but I know it's one of those things for me that has become, man, it's just necessary because I know that God can use that, you know, like just like he uses, like, I feel like we have a lot of people here that are very honest about their failures. They're very honest about just their life and, and just how much grace they need. And I feel like as a worship leader too, like, you know, that should always be a, um, a very important thing for you. Um, but it's costly, you know, I don't enjoy that. I don't like people knowing you know, what I struggle with and <laughs> things like that. But um, I know that was long, but. No, that's perfect. That's perfect. There's something about worship. Re- worship requires honesty. Worship requires transparency. Um, you have to, to um, inevitably, I mean, that's the essence of Christianity is, right? Right. That's the essence of Christianity is that I don't have the answers to the biggest mm. things in my life. I need the designer and creator of me to provide the answers, solutions, power, and redemption that I can't provide for myself. Yeah. You know, that's just, in, that's inherent, that, that is inherent to being a follower of Jesus itself. And so, um, take us back a little bit. Why does, um, why does um, worship, and specifically, so uh, define maybe worship of what we mean by worship, um, and then also take us back maybe a little bit to, um, why does the church do this? Hmm. There are there are a ton of definitions of worship, and all of them are great. Like I know there's several authors that have defined it in such a beautiful and concise way. But for me, I, I like I always come back to worship as a response to God, um, and but I feel like even further. Um, here lately, I can't escape the the idea that worship is just simply obedience to God, and and I feel like when you when you frame it like that, it it begins to encompass the entirety of Scripture and the story of the struggle of man and sin, and just the the relationship between man and God when you when you wrap that up in obedience, you know, you begin to see, you know, everything in scripture is, is worship, you know, is man's response to God. And um, it's not just singing songs, which that is a, a vital part of worship and especially in the corporate gathering. Um, but you just, you, you look at stories in the Bible, you think about Abraham and just um, the worship that is displayed um and just his story, you know, when he goes to sacrifice his son, um, so, so powerful. And you think about Noah, you think about Jacob, you think about David, you think about um, all of these Old Testament figures, and you can, you can see and how, how obedience is, is tied to those, those individuals. And, and then when you think about it in that frame of your own life, um, it becomes so much more than music. You know, it becomes more about who I am as a child of God. Um, and then you begin to think about it in a sense of how me leading my family in, a, in an obedient way or my marriage or my friendships, like me um, in my relationships with other people, like obedience, it seems to overtake 
everything. And mm. that, that just seems to be where I am lately mm. um, with worship. And, but I know worship is, is defined in, in so many other larger ways, but mm. um, I think, what was the second question? About God and just corporate worship and why? Yeah, why? Why? Why is so? Uh, hold on, we'll, we'll get. We'll come, I want to come back to that. But the in, in it, what we're talking about though, uh, I think maybe the the larger point is that worship isn't just musical. Yeah. Worship is about living, uh, and I can't say that I can point to it. You know, I can't recite every chapter and verse of everything that talks about worship. There's a lot in Scripture that that indicates the reality even if it doesn't unpack the specifics. Mm-hmm. But I will say Romans 12, verse 1, it at least has components of, of sacrifice sac- mm-hmm. or sacrificial living that is holy um, and that there it is clearly outlined as some things are acceptable and some things are unacceptable. I appeal to you, brothers, by the mercies of God to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. And so there's something about um, living our lives as holy, as a reflection of God's holiness. Um, there's something about living sacrificially or offering our lives or offering our bodies as a living sacrifice. Um, I think there's something missional wrapped up in that. Mm. Um, but then also that there is an acceptable way to come before God. Um, and I think that kind of gets us to the second question, which is how did we begin to include music and singing in the local church gathering. Yeah, that's good. For sure, for me, I think um, Romans 12 is is the perfect scripture for that because I feel like it's it's one of the few places that literally just says, this is your true spiritual worship. Right, you know, it's right. like, okay, there it is, yeah. Um, <laughs> but I think music is one of those things that is a very – um, just historically for just the human race, I feel like music is, it's just, it's a part of what it means to be human and what it means to be man. And, um, I know music has, has been around a very, very long time. And I know a lot of people are like this, um, are like me in this way. I have a really hard time, um, remembering, um, I mean, if I'm just being honest, scripture. Mm. Um, but dude, if I put if I put a tune to that, <laughs> if I put if I put a meter and like melody to that, dude, I can carry that almost instantaneously. Like it's it's so remarkable. So I feel like God and His infinite wisdom and how He created man and how just sort of like He just knew that um, we would we would need music, but um, I feel like music in the corporate gathering is is so profound in so many ways. I know we've we were encouraged in Scripture, you know, to sing hymns and songs and spiritual songs um, to encourage each other. Like to me, that that is vital. Mm-hmm. I feel like a lot of times for me, like I, I like I get encouragement and I get um, sort of just new 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 life, new faith just mm. sort of extended to me, just renewed in me by just being around other believers and singing songs about God and just, and, and also too, just knowing that you're not, you're not alone in this, you know, and I feel like music has always accompanied things of value and importance, you know, like mm. celebration, you know, like um, music is always there. Birthdays. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. Like, um, parties you know like you celebrate somebody like there's always some tunes playing. ladies named mary that had lambs that's right yeah, yeah. very Man. important events that's, that's true um yeah so like music is um i don't know to, to me it just um it changes the the depth of impact um of things um i know it does that for me but i'm a very emotional <laughs> musical person like it just like when i hear a song or like if i hear a phrase um, whether it's just a thought or something like I can be moved by that. But then when you put chords and when you put melody to that, I don't know, dude, it, like it's almost like instant. It just makes me emotional and it just deeply impacts me. It's interesting in the Psalms too, like textually, I just remember this from seminary that 
the inclusion of like instrument as a part of the preface for each psalm. Yeah. That was, that's like a part of the text. Like they're not just guessing or making it up or adding something like, you know, it's, it was labeled the type of song that it was like a maskal or whatever, Mm -hmm. um, a psalm of David or whatever. And the composer and the instrument or like played to the whatever is all included. And there's something musical about that. There's something, even the Old Testament going back to, um, to the first five books of the, that Moses wrote, if you look at Genesis 1, 2, and 3, one part starts out in narrative, and then another is written in poetry, mm-hmm. and it's, it's written in a poetic way um, because things that have rhyme and re- repetition and um, have, a, have a cadence to it are easier to remember. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's how before... Moses composes the first five books of the Bible, the history of um, what God was doing among humanity, specifically in, in you know, this is this is the song, you could say, air quotes, song of the the earliest Jewish people was the fathers, the, the, our fathers, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, mm. right? There's something rhythmic about that. We are, the, we are the children of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And they point, you know, they don't, you know, they don't go through the whole genealogy from Adam to where they are, wherever they are in that period of time, they have a shorthand rhythmic way of saying, we are the children of, of such and such. Um, and the way Moses wrote it, there was portions that even in Deuteronomy where they close out the Pentateuch with the song of Moses, mm-hmm. right? Where um, there's a song that recounts the history of, of, of Israel and the actions of God that's supposed to be memorable for the people. Um, and so... That's a lot of why I've always appreciated that about singing as a believer is it is informing us theologically. It's teaching and training us theologically in the corporate gathering. We say exponentially more theological things in singing on Sunday morning than we do, than we unpack in our preaching. You know, mm-hmm. there's more realities of the atonement and there's more realities of propitiation and there's more realities of the resurrection. Um, then we can ex- then we can unpack really in um, in the preaching of uh, the preaching event. Um, anything else? Anything else? Sort of on the history of the church, or I'd just be curious. Anything that you've learned and read over the years about the history of singing, um, the history of how corporate worship looks. Um, any thoughts on that? Yeah, there's there's a lot of interesting things. I know one of the the things that really shocked me when I was really young and I began reading about um, hymns and songs that Christians wrote and Christians sang in, in church, you know, like uh, like with the whole idea of, of hymns, a lot of those were lyrics that were put to bar tunes, <laughs> you know, to me, that was always really funny to yeah. me. <laughs> like, I wonder, like, I'm sure at the time they knew that this is, wait, this is a bar tune. You know, but we're singing about God. Okay, whatever. Okay, <laughs> but like now, I feel like if if you don't know that, that kind of changes your perspective a little bit on hymns. Like it, it kind of it it stresses more of the heart and the lyrics of the hymns more so than the music. But just that, you know, God for whatever reason, you know, a lot of our favorite hymns, you know, probably have some. But isn't that <laughs> fascinating for the person that comes into like our church and says? This music, it's just too loud. Yeah, that's or true. Yeah, this, uh, this that this doesn't sh- happen here. What are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> uh, you, I, I don't hear it those. Does, com- <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. Exactly. They, those complaints don't get to you. They get to the rest of us. Um, but that, uh, or like, man, just feels like a rock concert. Yeah. And w- there's something so hoity-toity and like <laughs> high and mighty that we can feel about music. What we need to look in the mirror and say is, I have preferences. Oh, dude, absolutely. We all do. <laughs> yeah. You know, I have preferences and, sure. but we can't make those things law uh, for the local church. And so then there's something about, and we'll get to that sort of as we think about uh, a few other things. But um, I, I, so I, 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 there's other parts of like corporate worship or just the gathering in the saints. But I think in general, the thing that people, whether they went to, 
Uh, I can't say for a Catholic church because I've never been to mass or anything. Um, but for most, for most certainly Protestant uh, denomination churches, there's going to be some type of singing. Yep. There's going to be some type of reading. It's going to be some type of prayer. Mm-hmm. There's going to be some type of either baptism or the Lord's Supper. Um, and there's going to be uh, preaching of some sort. Um, yep. Might have already said that, but um, there's going to be those elements sort of involved. And there's things that, <clears throat> like, if we, um, I don't know, that's just the that's the the thing that the the church has basically always done in yeah. some shape, form, or fashion. Whether it's the hymns that made it their way over from the UK, mm-hmm. um, and were a part of sort of that um, Protestant branching off tradition, or um, or the Eastern Orthodox Church with chants and mm-hmm. and different things too. Um, there's something about singing that's always been <clears throat> reflective and growing and knowing who God is. So um, I, I want to think about maybe for our people <clears throat> of, I want to think about how do we get the most out of corporate worship? So we'll talk another time about how do we get the most out of listening to preaching? Um, we'll talk another time about how do we get the most out of serving? Um, those are all still a part of Sunday morning, but specifically if people were to come up and to you and say, Chase, you know, I really love listening to preaching, um, but I don't always find myself able to really engage with worship. How could I get the most out of corporate worship? How would you give them advice? Mm. Man, um, I would, I would lovingly push back and and gently push back on what is it that's keeping you. From engaging in worship, you know, I feel like a lot of a lot of men, in particular, um, this is just my assumption. It could be wrong, <laughs> but I know whenever I hear the church singing, at least in, in our our body, um, it's very female. Hmm. Could be my vocal range. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I, <laughs> a well, lot of the songs are higher. This now. is this is to double down and, and paint and and double down on the point that you are in fact making. This is the most male I've ever heard a church in corporate singing. Really? In comparison. So that's that's to for you to say this church sounds it's a lot of a lot of the female yeah, typical like range of voice. Yeah. Um, I know I, like female voices cut through a mix louder though, too. Like you can hear like female voices are thinner and they have more high end. Dudes are, you know, more right <laughs> lower and um that's encouraging, though. Well, but it's to, to just going to the point. Statistically speaking, churches are primarily like seventy-five percent female. Mm. There's, but there's something that is sort of, you know, for our church is an anomaly in that we do reach a lot of men. We yeah. see a lot of men get saved. We see a lot of men get baptized. Um, we have a lot of great men in the life of our church, and it's still not fifty-fifty. Yeah. You know, there's still there's something about if I were to like from a zoomed out point of view, there's a lot of the Sunday morning um, event that is sort of skews effeminate. Mm. Um, and uh, it, there's a lot, there's just a lot more to it that, and, and, and some, and probably rightly, probably, um, probably still should be that way. Um, it's not meant to be like a barbarian fest or whatever, <laughs> you know, whatever the like, do some chance. <laughs> I don't know that like cultivating machismo is the task of the church. I think the task of the church is to help us be discipled into sacrificially living in light of the holiness of God, which is our true and proper worship, as we've established with mm-hmm. Romans 12, 1, 2, and 3. And so, um, but, so sorry, keep going with no, what you're, you're saying good. about um, about how do we get the most out of yeah. the, the singing the worship time. Um, yeah. And it's too, like, it's, I know we, we often hear we'll take a moment and I think it means more than what we think it does sometimes, or it's more, it's more important and more impactful than what we realize sometimes whenever we encourage people with, Hey, like what, like we'll just take a moment in the service and we just go, Hey, there's freedom in here, mm-hmm. you know, for you to worship for, you can sing, you can clap your hands, you can lift your hands, you can come down to the front and pray. You can pray where you are, you can kneel. Like, 
I feel like there are so many other different ways to engage in worship than singing, but um, singing like, dude, anybody, anybody can join in mm. and sing a song. Like if you, even if you, you can't sing, you know, that's fine. I know a lot of people that can't sing. That's fine. Um, mm-hmm. You know, but I don't know. It's, it's, it's more than that. There are more ways to engage in worship. So I would, I like, I would push back pretty, pretty hard on the notion that if, if someone were to say, I just can't, you know, I'm having a hard time engaging in worship. I would just be like, why, you know, or maybe, maybe no one has either given them permission or shown them um, how to do that. Um, But for me as a worship leader, like I have to remember when I look out and look at people, I try to do that throughout the set. Like I try to look out and just visually make eye contact, look at people, just ask the Lord to just give me um, a heart for them in that moment. I try not to maintain eye contact too long because that would be weird. I was just staring somebody down <laughs> during the whole set. Uh, sometimes when I see people that aren't responding, I'll just look at them until they respond. I'm just yep. kidding. Um, <laughs> but um, it's hard for me to remember sometimes, like just because somebody is not overly expressive, you know, um, in their worship doesn't mean that they're not, that they're not engaged in worship. You know what I'm saying? Mm. Like, but in my in my opinion, you look when you see worship in scripture, particularly, you know, in the presence of God or in the presence of Jesus, like more times than not, there was a physical act or move of mm. some sense, you know, that that accompanied that. So um, and I'm not saying like you gotta just, you know, go go crazy, you know, but just start somewhere too. Yeah. Like if you have a hard time engaging, just just say the words, you know, you don't even have to like sing it perfectly. Just kind of like, you know, whether that's just pray the words, think think about the words. Like if we're singing a song that is um, about the attributes of God, like, gosh, just say those. Like there is something about saying things, like speaking things and singing things. Like I do feel like, like as, as Christians, we... I know in my life, like we kind of, we walk into the words we say sometimes. I know in my life, that's true. Like there's a lot of power in speaking something or singing something, um, you know. So I would just, inc- like I would encourage people to just start somewhere, you I, know. I, I, the, the, the thing that I would agree with in that, I agree with all of it, but the thing that I would I would say to a person that <clears throat> what I would, what I see, so from your perspective, you're seeing the way people aren't, um, participating maybe in corporate worship and you would need to find out that reason for why or why they would have that perspective. For me, working primarily a lot of times in discipleship circles or in equipping, um, as we call it here, um, it's they they carry themselves to say that as if worship is not really their thing, yeah. that singing is not really their thing. They'll they would say things like the primary way that I experience God is by reading his word or by li- I just listen to preaching or I just listen to podcasts. And um, and I would say in general, as especially as a younger believer, that was something that was primarily true of me. There was something performative about singing that I just didn't resonate with. Um, but I think that if I, I, I think as I grew, I understood more of the, the unity that there is in singing. Mm. Um, and I think too, I understood more about what following Jesus was like, because that was where I had to set aside my personality and preferences mm. in order to participate with the corporate event. Mm. Um, because in, in, in other words, which is also true of, of your job, also true of your family, also true of, of almost anything else. We have to begin to make it more about we and less about me. That's true. And so, um, what the, I think, so what, what we're going to do is we're going to kind of go back and forth now, me and Chase will, of of like a draft pick of advice, like where <laughs> he's going to give a suggestion, I'm going to give a suggestion, we'll kind of comment back and forth. Um, but if somebody, if, if you were to, 
if you had sort of our whole church in front of you and you were going to give them different pieces of advice, um, what would be so? What would be the first piece of advice you would give people how to get the absolute most out of corporate worship? Do you want to go first or you want to go second? Dude, I'll go first. Let's hear it. Let's hear it. I'll go first. Um, I think the the thing that I always come back to, and I haven't been able to escape it because I know for me, um, it's been true for a lot of my life and in worship of God is be honest mm. with God. Um, he knows, <laughs> he already knows anyway. <laughs> like he, he knows your heart. He knows the things that, maybe you aren't even aware of mm-hmm. or have been made um, that you haven't been enlightened about. Um, be honest with God. So um, don't fake it. Don't go through the motions, but be honest with God. You know, mm-hmm. bring bring yourself before Him, um, present your body and present your heart to Him. And I promise you, I promise you, He will move mm-hmm. in your heart. Yeah, I guarantee it, man. If you if you come in and you don't even like, I don't know. For me, I get I get convicted, man, when I come into the presence of God, and when I, especially like in a room full of believers, like I almost can't help but be honest. Like you know, like crap. Oh, God, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> like I just you know, like things just start to come to mind, and like my. Um, it's almost like God just, um, he, he shines a light on, you know, parts of my heart and my life that, you know, aren't right and that need to be better and not, not for the sake of being better or whatever, but like to be more like him and to become more like Jesus. Um, but he, he begins to, to shine a light on the things in my life and I can't escape it. So, Hmm. but those are, that's so, that's so powerful for me though, is when I'm just honest before God. And, you know, it, it tells us to to come boldly mm-hmm. before the throne of grace. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't say to just walk by or to just come and just, you know, sit and leave. You know, like when you do that, you can't leave the same. When you come in honestly mm. and wholly and completely, not wholly in a sense of of like God, but completely with a mm-hmm. W holy. <laughs> um, when you come in like that, man, dude, you can't you can't leave the same. Right. You know, when you have an encounter like that. So I would start there. Be Just honest. Be honest. Be honest with where you are. Be honest with what's going on. Absolutely. Yeah. I think that's a part of that encouragement in Romans 12, 1 and 2, that this is a holy uh journey. We're after something holy. Mm. We have been made holy because of Christ. One day we will be completely holy because we, we will be in a new a new heaven and a new earth. Um, but for now, we're practicing for heaven. Mm. We're, we're practicing holy, and we're practicing entering into the presence of holy. And something about singing uniquely accomplishes that, that um, preaching does not always, you know. Yeah. All right, my first round draft pick. What, so <laughs> Chase's was very, uh, very... Um, not theoretical, but very um, um, kind of around the posture of your heart. I got one that's just more practical. I would encourage you to sit up front. Mm. If you want to get the most out of corporate worship. (laughs) All the Baptists just went, (laughs) Well, we're non-denominational. I sit in the back. Yeah, well, (laughs) that might be why you're stale. Um, But for corporate worship to... To get the most out of worship, and this is it goes against my personality probably as well. Um, I if I'm going to get the most out of corporate worship, I want to sit up towards the front. Now, mm. probably a more universally applicable version of this uh, suggestion is sit where you can limit your distractions. Mm. Um, you know, in our church, it's not so big of a deal. The Tyler and and um, his team, and then you as well do a good job of making sure the whole room is roughly getting the same acoustic experience. Um, But in a lot of churches, where you sit affects the sound quality and your ability to hear. But then also, if you know you're a person that gets easily distracted by people around you, then don't sit um, in the back where you're going to have more likely to see a lot of different stuff and things that are moving around. So I would say sit up front. That'd be my first piece of advice for somebody um, taking in the 2023 worship 
better game plan draft. That's yeah. my first round. Draft That's pick. great. You like not even the front row because front row, man, it's like front row to movie theater. You know, there there is such <laughs> thing as too close. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't know. I, I, sometimes, sometimes it's a splash zone too. You know, it can be when we sing. Sometimes, dude, there's some spit that goes goes flying. Rachel sometimes remove <laughs> her her momentum will take her a little too close to the edge, and it's just gonna be. Dude, that's one of my worst fears. Is like <laughs> I don't sing with a, just a mic often, but dude, there's been a couple times, man. Somebody's got their eyes closed, and I'm like, oh. if you take one more step forward, you're gone. Ooh, yeah, and our yep, floor yep, is yep. concrete, solid. Like, nice. <laughs> all right, what you got? What do you what you got on for your second pick? After uh, be honest, that's that's good. Um, I would say. Uh, what's a, what's a neat way to, to phrase this? Um, don't, um, don't let Sunday or the gathering, you know, whatever night or morning that is, don't let that be the only trying to be inclusive of seventh day Adventist, bro. <laughs> How'd you know? Dang it. I was trying to do it in a tasteful way. Um, don't, don't let Sunday morning be the only time that you worship mm. God. Um, it's like, it's it's not like um, something you practice, but the more that you do something, mm. the more comfortable you get in the sense of more free. Um, you're you're less willing to worry about what other people think. Mm. Um, you like I feel like sometimes too as a worshiper, the more you do it, you can kind of find your groove. You can kind of find your niche. Like you can start to really enjoy it. Mm. You know, because you've tasted the the fruits of it, and you're like, man, this is so beneficial for me. Like, I'm going to do this intentionally. You know, a couple times a week, or I know for me in my car, I'll, dude, I'll blare out some music. Really, and like sometimes, man, like it's so loud, I have to turn it down because I try to protect my ears because we use our ears a lot, and I'm always sort of scared that I'm going to go deaf by the age of forty, but. Um, dude, I will crank some tunes in the car and it'll be like a new, like Cody Karn song or something that I just, I really love. And I'll be deeply moved in worship and I'll raise my hands, not both of them. <laughs> you can drive with your knee. Carrie Underwood, you know, don't, don't Jesus. give Jesus the will because <laughs> you might, uh, might drive off the road, but, um, the spiritual will. Yeah. You know, or like sometimes I'll listen to music in the mornings when I'm getting ready. Um, our daughter, she'll, she'll still be asleep and I've got like a few minutes to make coffee or just, um, you know, get ready. And I mean, I'll just turn on some worship music, man. And I'll just, I don't know. It just helps my mind and it helps my heart and my spirit. And, um, I don't know. So just you know, sometimes, practice it. Sometimes I find that one of the primary ways the enemy wants to keep me in a state of bitterness and a state of of um, clinging more tightly to my sin is to to make me feel like Sunday morning worship is not the most important time of the Sunday morning gathering, mm. where I'll feel like, well, they're just still singing, so I'll go in there in a minute. Yeah. But it's because it's to keep is to keep me, and this would be my encouragement and exhortation to everybody on our staff is don't don't settle for just watching it. We we can do great damage to our soul by just watching it in our office or mm-hmm. by just thinking like, well, I I've, I'll do some desk work real quick. Like same advice we give to volunteers: serve one, but also go to one, and yeah. don't skip the music. Just even if it's talking to people, like. You know, we all want to catch up and do what we can um, to see all the people that are here because there's so many people that we want to engage with. But um, worship is sometimes shaking loose the the sin and the unholy in our life mm. that God is preparing to address, both through singing but also through preaching, that leads us into a next step. Um, and so, um, not limiting yourself to worship on Sunday, though, that's a yeah. great. That's uh, good, and like maybe too thinking it like thinking of it in a sense of like add it add it to your daily rhythm mm. or weekly rhythm you yeah. know like it's okay if you don't do something every day but like do it make it a part of your of your life you know a steady thing you come back to like much like reading the word like yeah worship can be a discipline yeah absolutely yeah all right my second round pick for the 2023 <laughs> God's better game plan worship draft 
Arrive on time. Again, Ooh. practical. Just practical. It goes, same thing. Like, you'll find a reason to not get to um, the first part of our worship gatherings, which is inherently always singing. Um, you'll find a way to miss it. You'll find a way to come in even, you know, to use a, wi- a word that my wife likes to use, frazzled. <laughs> um, you'll come in uh, kind of all 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 over the place, whether it's young kids or traffic or couldn't find a parking spot. Yeah, if you or- got kids, you got to pass, man. Kids-, <laughs> kids will destroy your morning. Yeah. Like, you'll come in and you're just like, Ugh. the last thing you want to do is sing a sweet song about Jesus when you've been screaming at your kids in yeah. the car. But yeah. <laughs> Sorry. But but uh, so there even more reason arrive on time mm. and then you'll have more time you'll get you're gonna be angry for the first song <laughs> then joyful for the song. second and third <laughs> maybe uh, we should do more songs like that like angry songs I don't know like repentance a little death metal going Will little, Tucker will be thrilled oh, dude. double bass pedal up yes. there for him dude absolutely all right so arrive on time that's, that's, that's my pastor by the way my Will second Tucker. round pick hey. Willie the legend. Mm-hmm. All right. Third round pick. What you think? What would be, what's another piece of advice you'd give people for getting the most out of Sunday morning corporate worship? Participate. Don't oh, watch. It's my third round pick. Oh, gotcha. Participate. Glad I went first. Um, yeah. Participate. I feel like here we strive to be intentional to invite people to worship and not just um, let people watch, not because, I mean, watching is just not okay. It's like you're you're on the field playing the game, but somehow you've wandered over to the sideline and you're just watching, like you're not participating in the game. And I feel like we try to be as intentional as we can to invite people to participate. Like sometimes it's as simple as like, come on, sing this song with mm-hmm. us, you know, or like, come on, declare this, you know, or um, let's sing that chorus again and let's really just um, confess this to God. Like, Mm. God, we need you today. Mm. Um, Participate in it, you know? It doesn't have to sound great, look great, feel great. Like, you know, just be willing to do it, you know? Be willing to participate in worship. And I promise you, there will be fruit from that. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Every time, like I can guarantee you, actually, if you participate in worship, like God is faithful to move and do something in your heart and life in some shape or form um, in the way that he sees fit. Um, I think this is extremely important because Chase is not just our worship director. He's not just our worship leader. He's our worship pastor. Do you have the humility to be pastored into a better game plan for worship. And that's what I would challenge our leaders with and and by trickle down to the people in our groups and people who are heart and soul and just our Sunday morning is you need to be encouraged to participate even more, especially if you feel like singing on Sunday morning is quote unquote, not for you. Mm. If you feel like that's not your personality, all the more reason that you need to participate. Do you have the humility of some, to be able to receive someone else's perspective. And do you have the humility to not just make it about you? Mm. Um, some Like if if there's somebody who's a first-time guest, if there's somebody that's new, if there's somebody that's new in the faith, you participating says something about God and what you believe about Him by your participation um, than standing there with your hands in your pockets and, and like you said earlier, that's not just do you have to sing at the same level and capacity as somebody on stage? That's not what we're saying. Participation can be eyes closed and taking it in, but you can tell when somebody's deeply participating mm-hmm. um, versus somebody who's boycotting the event for their <laughs> preference. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, I'm just, I'm, I have people... In my mind right now, sorry, but no, like you can you can tell. And for me, it is it's not a frustrating thing for me anymore. I feel like when I was much younger, like it used to be frustrating for me. Um, but now, it um, sometimes, man, it, it breaks my heart mm. when I see people like that because I know that there is so much more 
that God has for them through the power of worship and through the power of singing and participating in that with other believers. Um, that That's where I am right now with it. Just, man, I just want more for people. Yeah. Um, because it is powerful and it's meaningful and it's important. That's what we're talking about today. But yeah. Yeah. And, and two is part of God's better game plan. He, mm. he, the church has always sang. His word is always included singing. Uh, he's always, I mean, even in Paul's writings to encourage people towards singing um, is something that's a part of the, it, 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 there's a, I don't know that I've ever been to a church service that there wasn't some type of music. I've been to church services where there wasn't live singing, but there was still yeah. music played through some type of an instrument. Yeah. Um, and, I haven't either. You know what I mean? Yeah. So there's something about it that is like to to be the church is to sing, to mm-hmm. gather with the church is to sing. Um, it would, it's just like a, an odd part of, uh, it'd, be, it'd be odd if we didn't do it. Um, and even more, and equally, it's odd when people don't. It's yeah. odd to boycott that portion of it. it it's, hin- it's hindering you from experiencing all of who God is. It's going to hinder your maturity, and it's going to um, it's going to um, it's going to hinder being able to be a part of God's better game plan to not participate. So I think that's a that's a great a great pick. All right, um, my third round pick here that I would say um, in your orientation of the corporate singing time on Sunday, focus on God. Mm. Intentionally, strategically, take your thoughts captive to focus them on God. Um, Get your mind the best that you can off your to-do list, off of social media, off of even get them off of your failures, get them off of your successes. See if you can orient your thoughts towards God and then ingest the lyrics of all the songs. Then ingest um, the rhythm of the music and the sounds that you're hearing and the sonic experience that you're having. Um, but first and foremost, come in focused on God. Arrive anticipating what He wants to show you. Arrive anticipating what the worship team is trying to lead you into. Think like that we had like Sunday morning for us is extremely strategic. I don't know if our people realize that. It's all thought out and planned out. Consider what is this worship team and what is this pastoral staff wanting to usher me into this morning about who God is and about what he's like and about what what does God need to reveal to me today? So focus on God. Make it a theological activity that you are going to participate in singing um, because you want to focus on who God is. Dude, that's, that's so good because I feel like whenever we do that, I don't know if this is true for you, but whenever I focus on God, it's almost like the other things in my life, I don't know, get reshaped and they get they get refocused in into sort of like how I'm supposed to view them and and how I'm supposed to see them. Mm-hmm. So like whenever I elevate God in my mind, when I put him over everything else that I whether I'm worrying about something, I'm anxious about something or um, just all the other thoughts in my life in my mind in that moment, like it trickles down and it it begins to it begins to reshape the rest of me. Yeah. Um at least that's that's how it is for me. Yeah, and practically like if I'm frustrated with someone, me focusing on God helps me see what is unjust or unnecessary about my frustration. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah, I think too like yeah, like just anytime you you focus on God, like you see his heart and it makes you see yours, <laughs> yeah. and it reminds you of your need for Him. And there's just there's just so many ways that that is beneficial and powerful. Yeah, for sure. Cool. All right, last one. What what would be your fourth round Ooh. pick here? Oh man, this one's gonna sting. Oh boy, I, I'm not trying to sting. I'm not trying to sting anybody. But um, come more than one Sunday a month. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, so. Statistics, it's it's pretty bad for Christians these days, as far as attendance goes um, in the Sunday gathering. It's it's pretty bad. So, um, just just from the sense of not from the spiritual health aspect and community aspect, but 
as far as worship goes, if you only come once a month, I, I would I would dare to say, um, and it's not about numbers. It's not about attending and just being there. You know, just being a butt in the seat. Um, sorry, said butt on the podcast. Mm. Sorry. Um, it is. It's not about that. But if you're only doing that once a month, you're not going to know the songs. <laughs> we don't. We don't change out songs as much as I would like mm. because um, we know people just don't come that often. Mm-hmm. anymore and i know there was a point in time where church as far as like it, it was it seemed that the, the sunday gathering was more important in their life and i know things in this day and age have got in the way you know whether that's you know baseball family stuff you know whatever and that's that's all good stuff that's not bad it's not what i'm saying but you have to make worship um you have to make it a priority. And if, you, if you've if you struggled with it, if you have um, been at a point and in a place where the um, Sunday church gathering has not been um, impactful for you, um, there could be a number of reasons why or whatever, but, you know, try coming more, more consistently. And I guarantee you that'll change. Um so yeah, absolutely. I completely agree. The average Sunday attendance is is like one point five times a month for people, <laughs> and so the you know I think there's a lot of things that could begin like a confluence of of circumstances that can begin to reveal why might corporate singing not may not be my thing. Well, that's because I don't know the songs because I don't come on yeah. uh, Sunday as regularly as I should. Um, which keeps me from being honest, which limits my worship really to Sunday mornings, which so on and on and on, all those things for sure of, of attending more frequently. Um, you think about the pandemic too, like, dude, that gave, that gave um, a lot of people. And if, if I, and, and I don't like, I'm not saying this as in like, you know, I'm not human too. And I don't have the desires to, you know, gosh, man, I can't tell you, <laughs> I can't tell you how often, like on a Sunday morning, I'm like, gosh, it, it sure would be nice to sleep in today or something, <laughs> you know, like I'm not saying this in a sense of like, you know, I don't struggle with the same human tendencies and, but, you know, the pandemic gave people a really good excuse, mm. you know, to sort of dip out, check out, you know, oh, I can just watch online and, you know, I'll get my, you know, I'll get my, like my spiritual food, I'll get fed that way. Um, but that's not church, you know, yeah. church is being together. Yeah. And with what we're talking about, the corporate gathering is the reason that it's powerful is that it's not just you in the presence of God that is powerful. Um, but something else that is just as meaningful and just as powerful is when you do that with other believers. That's right. And, it's different, you know, it's different when you're just alone with God and you're spending time with him. But then with your other, when you're with other people, man, that is, that's something special too. Mm. Um, and in some cases, maybe even more impactful in some seasons of your life. Like how, how powerful is it for you to sing with other people that you have been walking with in their life when you know what they're bringing that day, you Ooh. know what their family's been walking through. Yeah. And when you physically stand beside them and with them, you sing, God, you're so good. Mm. You know, um, that that's when it but that's when it starts to really take root. And that's when it really starts to set into your life. Just the power of worship is when you do it with other people. Yeah. Um, so um, to get back to my original point, but you have to come more than once a month, you know. And you know, I'm I'm pretty gracious with a lot of things like this, dude. Just just start somewhere. Try yeah. to come, you know, two times a month or whatever. Just make. But some people need a big shift, you know. Like it's okay to miss or whatever, especially if you got a family and kids when they well, get older. Well, I think we let the optional things creep in, yeah, and then we blame the absolutes, right? Yeah. Like people are going to get sick, yeah. 
Okay, there's a missed Sunday right there. Yeah. But then the optional things, hunting season, <laughs> golf, um, bachelorette trips, um, all these different things. These are all like optional things. Yeah. Um, not that those things are inherently bad, but they certainly interrupt the rhythm of, of m- moving our life into that which is holy and righteous and eternal versus mm-hmm. things that are temporary um, and uh, do, do not necessarily um, not necessarily fuel our soul. Yeah, absolutely. And it, it, it happens There's six slowly. other days a week that, that drain our soul. Mm-hmm. Uh, not that holiness only happens on Sunday. Uh, not that our soul is only edified on Sunday. Um, but there is a day set aside specifically for spiritual activity mm-hmm. um, that the church does, in fact, meet. Um, yeah. So that plays into sort of my last round p- draft pick here. Um, the last one that I would say is consider other people in mm. corporate worship. Consider other people um, in corporate worship. So first, before that, obviously, I said focus on God. Um, make that the orientation of your worship. But in the process of it, consider other people. I, and I mean that both um, in in the way that you practice it. Like, I, I'm all for hands raised and, and everything. But like, if you, if you require three or four chairs for your worship, I don't know if that's being considerate of other people. Um, but if you are stoic and standing there and non-participatory, consider other people. Yeah. Um, and then two, lastly, sort of, I guess, sub point within this is for the person that is going through something just awful. Hmm. How can your participation stir them on to love and good deeds? I think of like Harold and Terry Wisner with everything they're going mm. through with Kai. Like I want to sing on their behalf. Yeah. I want to cry out to the Lord on their behalf. Yeah. I think about people that are going through depression and anxiety and the the pressures of extended family and all the things that cultivate um, mental health issues. I want to cry out to the Lord on their behalf. I want to sing in an expressive way that they look at me and they get spiritual confidence yeah. that there, there is a God out there that loves them and I'm crying out to him. And if they can't feel it and sense it in the moment, I want them to be able to look over at a brother and sister in Christ and gain confidence from that. Yeah. And same way when I'm, I'm going through something, I want my trial, what I'm going through, I want them to look at me and get a sense of, Oh wow. When I'm in the Valley, God's still there. Yeah, because I can see it in such and such life. Mm. Um, I, so th- consider other people in the way that you participate in corporate worship, because it can have a greater discipleship effect than you you could give it credit for. Yeah, dude, I have. There's been several moments in my life, but I can like I can remember them all vividly. People that have walked through tragedy and loss and suffering. And they probably don't know it because I I don't want to voice that to them. But the moments I have watched them worship through that, mm-hmm. dude, that will do that will reshape your soul, mm. man. Like that will light a fire under your faith. Yeah. Um watching people that you know what they're going through. You don't, it's not you, so you don't know the full weight of that, but you know what they're walking through Mm. and seeing them worship God. They're probably not mindful of how impactful it is to you. Mm -hmm. Um, But dude, that is so, that's, that's, that's really good, man. That's so important. Like that almost makes worship like missional in the sense of like, Mm. I don't know how you worship. It, it ministers to those around you. For sure. And I, I think if there are any worship leaders listening to this, like that's important. Like mm. anything that you do say with intention, like you are you are displaying a um a posture of worship that ministers to people. Mm. Um and even people that aren't worship leaders. But yeah, um, like, dude, that's that's really good. That's mm. powerful. You know, a lot of um 
there's a there's I mean unlimited amount of quotes like John Piper worship exists or uh, missions exist because worship doesn't all types of quotes like that, um, but there is no other thing given the task of the Great Commission. Mm. There's no nonprofit. There's no parachurch organization. Um, the local church is given the the task of the Great Commission to go, therefore, and make disciples. There's no one else is given the direct specific command, go and make disciples. Um, and part of the way that we help make disciples is orienting our lives around that which is holy. Mm. That is the event of worship. That's what yeah. it does. It orients us around the holy. It We need the singing and the the instrumentation and even the skills and the gifts, like the the beauty of worship, in it, it invites us into what God is like and who He is as beautiful, right? Yeah. Um, that's why that's why y'all don't give me a mic to sing because I'm not going <laughs> to invite us into the beautiful. I'm going to not why. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I could. Well, it is though, it, and I say that in seriousness because, like, if I were to sing, it's not because I don't know the lyrics. It's not because I can't sing on rhythm, but I can't sing in tune with and make it sound beautiful. And we don't give the mic or the drumsticks or the guitar pick to just anybody and everybody. It's, yeah. They have to be able to, to lead us into something so beautiful that for all of us who can't do it beautifully can participate and the collective becomes what's beautiful. Yeah. That's that that's can being considerate of others. Yeah, you know, um, that's considering others in the way that we worship, and so that's that's why I would it would say, hey, if it's not exactly your thing, well, don't make it just about you. Mm. Um, if you're not super gifted at it, don't make it just about you. If you are really really gifted at it, like you ever notice the person? Maybe we're at like hour and two minutes, so maybe people quit listening, so we can kind of <laughs> say what we want. But uh, if you notice the per like the person that's really good at singing that has to sing that extra measure in the corporate worship that to the point where you're sitting there and you kind of like look to your left because you hear a person singing in the corporate worship, <laughs> there that it it begins to be more about their skill and gift than it because mm. becomes our unity yeah. as a body. That bugs me. Yeah. Like I that that or when I say bugs me, it's like it, it it hits something in my heart that makes me concerned about them. Of like, why are you doing that? <laughs> yeah, like what that is different. Why why would you why would you sing that extra measure? Like yeah. come come together with us because yeah. it's about God. It's about yeah. Him. It's about you know, and that's where our, our individualistic society can, can get very tiresome for us as a body of yeah. believers. But absolutely like any, any opportunity that we can take to make it not about us is probably a godly thing. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like it's probably something you should do less of you, more of, um, more of others, more of God, um, that's that, the gospel. That is humility in a sense. Like, there's power in that, man. Yeah. There's power in humility and worship. And I think you said this at the beginning. Um, there, there's a thought you've you've kept sharing about not making it about you, you know, and it it keeps it outward. You know, I know that's one thing that the heart of this church is. You know, we don't ever want the voices of that, that are inside to become louder than those that are on the outside. I think in just the everyday walk of a, of a follower of Jesus, um, you know, don't, don't let your desires, don't let your preferences keep you from participating and taking part in God's plan for corporate worship. Mm -hmm. um, keep it outward. Keep yeah. it about others. Um, there's things that we do, like, even though I know, like, we've been tasked to lead the church in worship, you know, as, as me as the worship pastor, and we have other people that are on staff, like Rachel, um, what, there, there are things that we desire and want to do that we don't do hmm. because that's just what we want to do. You know, yeah. we, we take moments and we take time to pray and seek the Lord like God what do you desire for our people mm -hmm. and like we we say no to things sometimes because no that's not that's not what's best for our people so like even us like people that are you know 
in front and leading people. Like even we have to say no to 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 me, that voice of me that says, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. let's make this about you, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, so that's really really important, dude. Yeah, that's that's really good. That's a good place to end right there. I think. Uh, anything else you want to add or? No, man. Just uh, thanks for having me on. <laughs> I wanted <laughs> you, to do this. You for guys so go. Long. You guys should go 100% follow um, Connection Music, but you yep. should also you should also go follow Chase Buchanan Music on Spotify or on Apple. Um, yeah. Can I can I plug the new song? Please. Okay. Golly. Uh, we got a new song just came out two weeks ago. Rachel Wiggins is leading it. Um, she's Let's the feature the featured artist on it, but it's called Heaven Song. And today we just shot a acoustic video Ooh. for that. So that'll be coming out soon. And, you know, we're, we're always putting out music for the church and we're so grateful to be able to do that here. Um, but just like everything we've been talking about for the past hour, it is, um, there is value in participating in mm. that. So please go listen to that and learn that so that when we do sing it together, you know, you can join in and be a part of that. Mm. Yeah, that's awesome, man. Thank you for for reminding us of that. Definitely go check that out. Um, but thank you guys for listening today. If you made it to this point in the podcast, we're thankful for your your attention. Um, just a recap for us to give us some ideas of why does if I if you were to ask us our advice on how to get the most out of corporate worship, be honest, sit up front, or at least sit somewhere where you're not going to be distracted, where you can give your full attention. Don't limit your worship to just Sunday, meaning specifically sing throughout the week and and have worship as a part of your overall spiritual diet. Arrive on time would be my encouragement to you. Uh, Participate, uh, focus on God, make that event about God. Attend more than one time a month. That's uh, critical to your overall spiritual health. And then lastly, consider other people as a part of the worship event. Don't make it just about you. And then lastly, go listen to Heaven Song by Connection Music. Um, We've enjoyed this time with you. Hope you guys have as well. And we will see you next week.